Words from the Hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. Heavenly Father, we come at your feet to learn of your word. We drop ourselves completely and all that we know, and we ask that you come and take preeminence over everything. Father, I do not speak of myself, but of you. I ask for your grace, that there be none of me today, but all of you. That your truth, your righteousness, and your glory will be revealed. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Good morning, church. So the first thing is, how did I find myself here? <laughs> um, so I got the call that I was meant to share, and since I got that call, I've not been able to rest. Um, so the title of the sermon is Hidden in Plain Sight. And it came about, I mean, at the time Pastor Moses called me, I was having burdens. Things were really heavy on my heart, and when he called, I wasn't surprised. So it was clear that today was meant to be about these burdens. First of all, I'm going to need your help. I'm going to have everybody reading from the Bible for me so that we can quickly run through it. So please, if I, if I call the chapter near there, please help me. Um, can someone help me with Joshua 1, 8 to 9? Please, when you're there, let me know. This topic is like a can of worms. When I listen to everybody, I'm like, ah, what were you thinking? <laughs> and interestingly, everybody sort of touched from every group. Um, something came that's that's in my notes and I thank God that um, I guess this the spirit is one and we, there's a hunger for him and I hope that he'll just guide us so is anybody there Joshua 1 verse 8 please please go ahead keep this book of law always on your lips meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it then you'll be prosperous and successful that's NIV so it says we should keep the book and not depart from it. So this is about the book, which is our Bible. Um, how many of us believe the Bible is true? And it's not a lie. So I'm going to digress a bit. This will give me, it's a digression, but it's to sort of bring in truth. Um, how many of us believe in tithing? Is it, is it a consensus? Um, how many of us tithe? Huh? So nobody from here? Just a few people? <laughs> um, how many of us believe it's an Old Testament practice and therefore we shouldn't do it anymore? Okay, that's good. Um, how many of us have heard the Malachi 3.10 and are upset about it? Can someone quickly read Malachi 3.10? I'm sure you've heard the story of how, the, the, how we are admonished and, and we are forced and coerced um, into giving tithes. And because of that, some people don't. Is this scripture familiar? Okay. Um, or does anybody know that Christ endorsed tithing as a New Testament practice? Does anybody believe that? So is that a consensus? Okay, um, so can we open Luke 11.42? So there's the Old Testament that says we should bring to the storehouse. And um, it says it, will, it goes on to say it will rebuke the devourer. Um, and then there's the end of that scripture, I think, where, where we, are, we are told that um, if we don't, like things will happen to us. 
But that shouldn't be the reason why we tithe. So, in Luke 42, can someone read? 11.42. So, there he was simply telling us tithing is something we shouldn't leave undone. Um, precursor to the word and um, the truth in the Bible. Um, as we all said here, I mean, everybody has sort of ascribed to Christ being the role model. So I guess I'll, I'll skip that. Um, so I was talking about my burdens and a lot of questions were in my, were in my heart. And like I said, it, was, it became apparent that I'll share this burden. The first has to be with Nigeria. Um, and I have here that Nigeria, the burden is Nigeria is a failed state. Um, everyone seems to know the problems. Um, everybody knows what's not going on well. Everyone knows the solution. But nobody seems to bring the solution out. There's a lot of talk, even in the church. There's so many things that have to be done. But nobody does it. First problem. Second one is even more worrisome. The church is a place where everybody runs to for healing, for soccer, for peace, for help, for love. But it seems to be the only place where that seems to lack. I'm not saying we don't do it, but I see there's it's a bit constant that there's a train of brokenness, there's a train of, of, of the church not meeting the needs of the people. And as I was trying to um, just wrap around, why, why was I feeling like this and why was I thinking like this, things came up to my mind. So um, you would have to bear with me, like I said, I've realized that this thing is inexhaustive. Um, but I, I sort of just dropped on the things and I want to share. And um, if anybody has anything else, please feel free. Um, so, the first thing that was, that was on my mind was we have a broken nation. We have, it's time for elections and um, we have a broken state. And we have leaders in the church. And we see leaders pitching tents. We see leaders um, not necessarily saying anything. But we see pictures. And you have these leaders that have a ton of following um, and like every, a lot of people ascribed here our example is Christ and Christ's life was righteous he didn't practice iniquity and he didn't endorse it he loved he reached out in love no doubt but he didn't endorse it um, so we have the era of mega churches we have the controversies on tithing we have some pastors that are afraid to tell the truth because they don't want to be branded um, so when it's time to ask for offering and tithes, Pastor Moses may not because he's worried about what the church will think. But what does the Bible say? We should. Um, and Christ even says we should. So it's something we should take home. Um, we have auditoriums of churches filled with people looking for miracles. Um, some people are in church because they just want to trade by butter. They worship God and they want wealth. So there's a lot of clamoring for wealth. My miracles today, 100 days of wealth, there are billboards. Um, so you find people going to find breakthrough. We see pastors preach inspiring words. And um, they come, people come to church, they get excited, and they go out there, and they're not changed. They come back the next day, they're the same. They come back for miracles today, they come back tomorrow. So it's a nation of seeking for miracles and seeking for wealth. But there's no change in the nation. Everybody's complaining, but nobody's changing. Um, there's abject poverty. 
I'm not saying finding Christ means wealth, but we have a government that's filled with corrupt people. And there's a lot of complaints. But if you look at the pool of resources that the government have, it's full of corrupt people as well. And because of this, everybody's looking for wealth. The church has become a place of trade. Um, and an example that I'll give. So what I'm, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to draw the inference of what we are practicing in the world and what the Bible simply says in plain terms. The Bible and the church has become something so, so high, something that's unattainable, unreachable. Meanwhile, it's very simple in plain words. The instructions are there. It's, it's right there. That's why I said it's hidden in plain sight. It's in front of us, but then we go and look for our own, our own um, interpretations or people's interpretations. Um, we saw what Christ did. He went to the temple and he chased people out, the tax collectors, and he says, you do not turn my, the house of my father. Simple, clear English. But in the church today, we are doing the same thing. Where wealth generation, wealth creation. So there's no distinguish, there's no, nothing distinguishing between how we um, encourage people when people go for talks and when they go to church. But the church is meant to be a temple unto Christ, unto God. It's a holy place. Simple example that we've sort of lost. Then I continued pondering. And of course, what will come, like somebody said, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, we know that. Um, and Jesus. But the truth is, there's a perversion of the word. The word has become so complex and it's hidden that almost everyone is looking for a pastor or a man of God, either for encouragement or for healing or for, for direction. Um, somebody said here, he read, it's the word. Everything we need is in the Bible. There's a place for the pastor, there's a place for the church, there's a place for corporate prayer. But we need to understand that, that the Bible is as simple as it is. There's no need to make it complex. That's why I even got translated for us, so that we could go into it to, to learn the things we need to learn. So essentially, um, some people use pastors as a medium for blessings from God. So you find them going to pastors. Um, there's a place of a tithe and the offering. And if we go into that study, it talks about the Levites. The Levites are now the pastors we have. That is for taking care of them. Um, I know it's an expansive thing, but we won't dwell on that. But then there's a place where you want a miracle. You go to a pastor. Um, people give prophecies. The world is like the world of prophecy now. People are prophesying and prophesying and prophesying. Um, and we know what the Bible says. It will fail. Tongues will fail. Um, of all, the only thing that will stay is love. Clear again in the Bible. I'm not saying there's no place for that. What I'm just trying to draw is where we need to go for examples and to be careful of the things we do. Um, so I'm going to start. The first thing is... Um, uh, does anybody feel the pressure of, of, of the country? Economy, um, making ends meet, wife, like somebody said, what are you doing? What are your friends doing? There's a pressure for money um, and we find ourselves running Helter Skelter and we find ourselves again going to people for help. The answer is simple. It's in Matthew 11:28. Come to me, all those who are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. What do we do? We go somewhere for help. It's in plain sight. Come to me. So it means that we need to go to Christ. If we know the Bible, we would go to Christ. And if we persevere there, God will answer us. Um, we've all agreed that the answer is Jesus. Um, again, I've seen that in this quest to find Jesus, 
We've made idols of men. We've made idols of our desires. We've made idols of, of the things that are object of our affection. And then we try and push it into Christ and where God is and try to marry them. Forgetting what the object of our affection should be. Um, we've made Jesus so far away and so unattainable that we turn to men to get their own interpretations of or yardsticks of being Christians. Jesus was our example and it was clear. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn it but that through him the world might be saved. This is a scripture we all say. But then the scripture reveals more. It's Jesus came as this, as a human being. That's what the scripture is about. He came from heaven, but he came on earth as a human being. And as that human, he had the nature of man. He became a man. And because of that, he suffered the issues that we suffer. Sinful inclinations. Um, and if you look through the Bible, it was by the power of the Holy Spirit. So he still said to my God. So it means that, so in, in the discourse, we all say, oh, it's hard to be like Jesus. It's hard to, we, we put Jesus, if we put it as something that cannot be attained. We can only try in a way. But the truth is, he was man just like us when he was on earth. And he was meant to be the example. Um, when he was about to start his, his ministry, he went and fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And as soon as he came, he got tempted by the devil, just like we all do. And the only way he escaped was he said the word. So just like everybody else, if we knew the word, then we could overcome the enemy and be like Jesus. It's as simple and straightforward as that. Um, I'm going to mention something that may strike chords. Does anybody agree that the divorce rate in, in the world in Nigeria has become very alarming? And it's becoming very frequent. So people are getting married and getting divorced in a month, in two months, in a year. Some 40 years and then they say they're done. Um, if we ask the women, what's the problem? Women? Anybody? If you ask the men, what's the problem? Please, can someone open to Ephesians 5.25? Anybody there? Ephesians 5.25. Please forgive me if I strike a, a sensitive chord. It's not intentional. Can someone read for me, please? We agreed now before I started. Thank you very much. Yeah. That he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. That he might present her to himself a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. Thank, thank but, you. Okay. So the instruction is there plainly. There's no, it's not hidden anywhere. Husbands, love your wife. Present her blameless. Wash her. It's like making her like an egg. Um, I know the, the women will easily say, yes, yes, yes. If they get that, then, then, then they won't do what they do. That's for the women. Can um, Ephesians 5.22? 522, that's before. Wives. Wives. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. 
for the husband is head of the wife as also Christ is the head of the church and he is the savior of the body so my my parents-in-law have been married for older than I have been and they're battling in separation and as I so I, I got married to my wife and I'm in the family and, and I'm talking and everybody has their opinion um, so we start with with dad he says all these things that the woman the woman the woman and then I tell him this then he pauses ah my son you just don't know then I'm talking to the mom and no 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 Christ is the head then it is the husband but the instruction is clear submit I'm not saying that women should be slaves but the instruction is clear it's in the Bible it's not it's not jiggled it's not complex the reason why we're having issues and this divorce is because each party is not able to do that. So the man is not able to love the way he should love yet to the point where he can give his life like Christ did. And the woman is simply not submitting. I'm not into definition of dictionary terms. It's just, it's plain and simple. We can decide to call it what we want to call it. We can go into the Hebrew definition and, and make an iteration of what it is. It's not about the submission. It's about just the total thing. It says submit because he's the head. And why it says love unconditionally. So much so that you will give your life. I don't know that that's easy as well. It means that you're upset with her. You have to suck it in and love even more. That's what Christ did. We're sinners, but he gave his life. We, we, didn't, we didn't make him happy, but he sucked it up. So it's not about the... It's, it's not about... I'm just... Like I said, it's a plain, simple truth in front of us. So I'll move on. Um, then, so we, we hear that Christ fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. Um, has anybody done that here? Has anybody done 30 days? No food, 100. 40 days, 40 nights. Exactly. So we've done, we've done our iterations. I'm just, I'm just laying... You know, I'm just, just taking us somewhere. I'm not saying we must or we must. You know, it's not about that. I'm just, I'm just sharing how things are in front of us. But we seem to run away to look for things when it's plain to see what needs to be done. Um, has anybody done three days? No food? We have, 40 is a target by a mere man. It wasn't a spirit. Um, some has done 10. Fantastic. 14. Beautiful. So that is an instruction there. And that's the first thing. That's the first account. So before Christ started anything, he went away and he fasted 40 days, 40 nights. Then he started the journey. Um, so that's a note to us. Before we start to talk about being like Christ and understanding the Bible, there's that journey we need to start to do gradually till we can. Um, I've done seven. Um, and then after that, it's been difficult to do three. <laughs> um, you know, but it's it's a journey like somebody said that's where the journey is so the journey is not i'm playing i can do what i want the journey is actually in the way christ did it it's in the deliberate things of christ not when we are free or when we are not free so your journey is in acting like christ and doing the things that i gave us examples not how we want to do it or how eh, i'm tired today by the way i know i have to pray sometimes but i'm not able to i slept off praying this morning um yeah, so we have to be like him um, and to be anything like him and the reason he did this is simple we talked about the Holy Spirit so what he did first was shed all the weight 
By the time you fast, there's no weight anymore. You are too tired and too weak to fight. All the Eba is gone. So your spirit is humbled. So when the Holy Spirit is around you, you're attentive. That's the problem. And you see how big I am. So we know my old battle as well. That's the problem. And that's where we have to go. And then hearing the Holy Spirit will not be a big deal. It will be something we can, we can achieve because we can. Um, then we mentioned grace. Grace, grace will not help us separate the sharp from the wheat. It won't. Grace is available when you are making the effort. So when you make the effort, then the grace will kick in. So you purpose to fast. You're not able to. You do the first day. Then the second day. Then grace becomes available. So grace is not... Shall we continue seeing that grace may bound? Grace is not for not doing the right things. It's for when we make the effort. Um, then he went ahead and he called the disciple. And then he gave us the Beatitudes. Um, in the Beatitudes, he gives us simple things. You know, so that things are not complex. Very, very simple things again. Matthew, so I guess I'm going to just be spilling through now. Matthew 5, 3. Um, blessed are the poor. So the first point of kingdom of heaven is the poor. But everybody wants to be rich. So it means that we're going away from the kingdom of heaven already by our ambition. Um, and it's not necessarily... I don't, I don't know that it's, it's poverty, but I just think that it's a place of being poor and lowling spirit. Um... It's, I think it's typifying humility so that we're not chased. And you know what wealth does? Have you seen rich men? Who are you? You know? How dare you? Do you know? That's the one I was trying to remember. And the implication of this is that we're moving this way, far away from heaven. Again, simple thing. The humble will inherit the earth. So if, if things are... Um, this is one that I, I, I've been learning so if, if things will go well with you, solution is this, humility. And for every time you make an effort, you'll find a newer level of humility. There's no end to it. The end is the death on the cross. You know, so it's a gradual journey till we get there. Um, and, and, and it's simple. The world tells us different. It tells you you have to be great. Alexander the Great. You have to be boastful. You have to, that's when you are great. And that's what they teach us. And the church has started to teach us that too. But that's not what the Bible says. To inherit the earth, you have to be humble. There's no great, there's no heaven's help those who help. Nah, that's, that's the world. Um, it goes to 5.8. The humble will see God. The Bible is not a lie, right? So it means that you can see God. And the simple thing in front of us is just being pure and being humble. Um... It says you will make heaven. There's a guarantee for heaven. It says if you're persecuted for doing right. So, and persecuted for doing right means you you are like, please can we give her a round of applause, please? So we're like her, and the world is persecuting us. We're not fighting the world. We're staying and doing what the Bible says, and because of that, heaven is assured. That's, it's there. That, that was the first thing Christ did. He gave this lesson. And then the end of his journey was now showing how to be like that. But he had given us instructions first. So this is like the expo to, you know. Um, then he went on to talk about being salt and light to the earth, a city set on a hill. 
Then we get to Matthew 19. It says, if you obey and teach God's law, you'll be great in heaven. You'll be great in heaven. So, making heaven, but then obeying it and teaching it. That's the reward of the pastors. So, we're all meant to covet it. So, it means that the first part of our lives is obeying the word. The second part is teaching it. Some people say it's evangelism. It's the same thing. Um, and then he warns, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the teachers and the religious laws, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. So there is a prerequisite for heaven. It is that your righteousness, so this thing that we say we can attain, we have to attain it. Otherwise, we will never enter the kingdom of heaven. It's, yes, we know being born again and all of that, that's the, that's the beginning. That's the, basis. that's the basis. He died for us. We are saved. We have that access. Like the prodigal son, he was a son. He went away. He came back because his father is his father. The death on the cross has given us that. But if we don't engage in righteousness, if we don't keep seeking and keep coming back, we will not make heaven. It's as simple as that. 523, um, if you bring to the altar, if you bring your offering to the altar, and you remember that someone has something against you, leave it and go. It says if you bring something to the altar, that means if you come to God, and you remember that someone... It didn't say you are angry with someone. And the implication of this is that you may have had a quarrel with someone and you were right. So that person offended you. And you were in the right standing. But when you go to God and you remember that that person has something. So the person can be in the wrong. But have something against you. You still have to go and make it right. So it's not by right to wrong. Otherwise, your altar is defiled. You are wasting your time praying. So it's no longer just about you. It's about the things you sacrifice. And that's this love that we preach. Then we go to 531, 32. This has completely eroded. Um, it's a tough thing because I know that life happens. I know that people get into a place where um, there's no option. Um, divorce is, 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 is unavoidable. Um, but then it tells us simply, says it was because our hearts were hardened that it's not in God's plan and that if you divorce and you, you lie with someone you're committing adultery it means that it, your life is in perpetual sin um, it's not condemning the people that have found themselves there because that's where grace is and that's where forgiveness is but if you haven't it's one extra mile to, to seek it means that your standing in God is, is to ensure that this one thing is, is not an option um, I touched on this because, again, it's a burden. You find it everywhere, and, and the divorce is everywhere. It's, the instruction is simple. Um, you're an adulterer. So the only option you have is if you divorce, then you're going to be by yourself till you die. Um, another tough one to chew. The way the enemy is getting us is not necessarily by, your, by the witch and the wizards and they're doing you. It's just by the perv. It's, a, it's the word. The word has been altered completely. And what is true is no longer true. What we want is what we follow. And that's why the world is in decadence. Is because we've started to follow the things that we desire, not the things of God. So everybody has a definition that is not of God. Matthew 5.23 is a precursor to even more serious things that we overlook. Um, it goes to 38. Retaliation 
if you are attacked either physically or emotionally, Christ says, turn the other cheek. Don't fight back. It's as simple as that. But what do we do? I will fight for my right. That's what the world teaches us. Christ's example, Christ's instruction is as simple as you turn the other cheek. If you can't turn the other cheek, it means run away. Don't fight for yourself. Heavens fight for those who love God. And when the heavens fight for you, if you, if you let that happen, you'll be amazed the extent of justice that you get. But once you take it into your hands, you've gone against God. 542 giving says if you have and someone comes to you, you give if you have it. You can't turn the person away. How many of us are able to do that? Um, we think about school fees and all those things. I know that's a place of wisdom. I'm not saying you should give to you become poor. But it's that it sticks in our head that if you have, you should give. If you lend, you shouldn't even want it back. And there's a principle. Don't lend what you can leave. Simply because the underlying guiding principle is that you should leave it anyways. You know, so if someone comes, what you can do, you do. 544 to 48. Love your enemies. Let my enemy fall down and die. Fall down and die. Fall down and die. Unfortunately, again, the church is teaching the wrong thing. Um, God help me. Um, I, but the church is teaching the wrong thing. There's nothing like... I've been to a number of places where in this prophecy, prophecy, so come, someone comes to tell you this, this, and there are things you know because you're of God. You're a child of God and he's told you things. And then if somebody dies, that's where I have a problem. Why does the person have to die? What about redemption? What about the, the, the prostitutes? Everybody wanted to stone that Jesus loved. So in understanding that there's an issue which you take to God, the solution is not death. That song we sang, leave 99 and go after the one. Why do you want someone to die? Nobody needs to die. God's love is what we need to imbibe. And if we imbibe this, Nigeria won't be where it is because everybody will be will be so soaked in love that it's impossible to not give love back. Then he goes to Matthew 6. My friend in our group said it, the Lord's Prayer. It is the one that Christ gave us. He taught us how to pray. There's everything else, but there's the Lord's Prayer. And sometimes I find myself fashioning my long prayers in the order of that so that I'm st we're still able to bring in, you know, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, your will be done on earth, your will be done on earth. It's an important thing. Those are the things we need to look out for when we're praying. God's will, that his kingdom will be established on earth. Um, then let's give us what we want and let's lead us onto temptation. Um, we go to money, wealth, what we need. This is the one I battle with because I feel like the days of man, I, Matthew, can someone read Matthew 6.25? Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? 
Look at the beds of the earth. For they neither sow nor rip nor gather into bands. Yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not of more value than so, they? money, wealth, the things we chase, it's not necessarily what is being prescribed. We're not meant to worry about these things. Um, he will feed us. He will clothe us. I was old, I was young, I've never seen the righteous forsaking, nor the seed beg for bread. If you're righteous, God will never forsake you. If you're righteous, your seed will never beg for bread. Some of us are ambitious, we want to be millionaires. Then you remember the rich person that asked Christ, Christ said, um, he gave him the laws. By the way, Christ said again, another thing, Old Testament, New Testament, I don't understand what that means. He says he came to fulfill the law. So it means that the law is prerequisite and he's fulfilling it. So those laws are still valid. And then the guy said, oh, I do all of that. And he said, oh, fantastic. I love you so much. Sell everything and carry your cross and follow me. And the guy went away. So you see, um, sadly, this is my own sadness because <laughs> I want to be a successful man in pursuing this we have to remember and he goes on to talk about the eye of a needle so if you want to be like Christ the best you can have is maybe a donkey sorry that was a joke well, so what I'm just trying to say is we have to be careful at the things we chase and what becomes the core of our values and how we chase for wealth because in that pursuit we have to ensure that we don't lose the, the moral values we don't lose what christ teaches we are still tapifying christ so that our wealth is from the kingdom we're not going to do 419 and then come and give an offering it's it's um you know it's 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 you, the wealth has to be in the same prescription um and then by chance we can enter the eye of the needle with the camel there's the golden rule because he goes again to Matthew 7, 7, 11. Then he tells us a simple. So ask and you shall be given. It means that we're just not asking. Seek you shall find. Knock at the door will be open. That is where our focus should be. While we do the things that the world prescribes, we have to remember that the focus is asking, knocking and seeking be it spiritual gifts, be it wealth, be it grace, be it intuition. We have to put it at his feet. We have to fulfill that word so that and God is not a demand that it should lie. So if we do this, we will. And perhaps if the whole world is doing this, then it means that the world systems will have no weight. But then we're all running there and populating it. So you have musicians that are singing but cannot be wealthy because they're not undressing or shaking their bum-bums. You know, so we have to ensure that on our side, we're doing the right things and we're doing it the right way. Then the church can have a voice. The golden rule, Matthew seven twelve, do unto others. If your leg is spinning you and the chair is there, you want to sit down. And the leg is spinning that person. That person has to sit down before you. It says esteem others above yourself. Those are the things um, that we have to do. Another nagging problem is the explosion of signs and wonders, mega ministries, your glory, the miracle, the, you know, that's, that's all we're chasing. But can someone read Matthew 7, 15? You in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are fierce and wolves. Keep going, please. All the way to 23. 
by their fruits you will recognize them. Do pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from tussles. Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. You can stop at 23. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruits you will recognize them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of the Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name drive out demons, demons, and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will say unto them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. So when we are seeking for signs and wonders, in Matthew 16, 1 to 13, the Pharisees and Sadducees came to Christ, and he said, it's not a sign for believers. So when we are seeking for all these things, you have to check and even see and the example is there by their fruits you shall know them so if somebody is stepping on the bl on blood that has been offered to sacrifice and is casting out demons you have your answer there by their fruits you shall know them we have to be careful where we go because the things we seek we have we carry the dna of christ we have the blueprint we have the example it is for us to just come into it hebrews 4 15 for he was tempted in all points as we are yet without sin this means in his flesh christ faced temptation just like everybody else and he overcame it all he made a way through the human flesh and in doing so he created footsteps for us to follow on the same way as a church and as people of god we have to begin to know who we are in christ and what it is to be like him it is only then that we can boast of a victorious life that will have dominion on earth and in heaven um, shall we just bow our heads someone said Jesus has so many lovers in his heavenly kingdom but a few bear his cross he has many who desire his consolation but few who go with his tribulation many who are willing to share his table but few who will fast all are willing to rejoice with him but few who will endure anything for him many follow jesus to break bread but few will drink of his cup that cup was on the cross many glory in his miracles but few in the shame of the cross can we just come to god and ask that he starts to reveal to us the power that is in his name and his glory that is examples that seem right in front of us, that, are, that seem hidden but are right in front of us, begin to be exposed. Then he will give us grace. Grace to be able to fulfill purpose. Grace to follow examples. Grace to be like him. Let's pray that God opens our minds and he, and he imprints the hidden in plain sight truths that will hinder our work with let's ask that god will give us a heart that will forever seek him and that because of this heart he will reveal himself to us on a constant let's ask god to align us with his will that that will be the the, the, the meat that we chew that will be our goal the will of god that he will align us with his will in our goals in our desires in our in our visions 
Let's ask God that He will make our hearts burn for Christ. That when men see us, they will see Jesus. Let's ask for His mercy. Let's ask for His grace. Let's ask that He will pour out His Spirit on us like He promised. The Spirit is all there, but let's ask that He will give us access. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the truths that are hidden in plain sight. We ask for grace to be obedient. We ask for grace to forsake all and carry your cross. We ask for grace to be sensitive in the spirit. We ask for grace that the truth of your word will live in us, that we may abide with, it, with your words. You are the vine and we are the branches. Father, give us the truth of that revelation that we will bear much fruit. Father, give us grace that when you come with trials, when trials come and tribulation, we understand that it is a pruning because to bear much fruit, we have to be pruned. So when things are a bit tough as sons and daughters of God, we know that it is God taking away the weight that we may increase in him. Let's ask God for the grace to decrease that he may increase and that it will be perfect with us. All this in Jesus Christ's name, we pray.